Hi, everyone. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys. This is a message exclusively for my audio podcast listeners. As you may be aware, we've been a bit sporadic about when we put out our shows. We've been doing a lot of tweaking and a lot of changing. So I hope you're bearing with us. But I just want to let you know, we are catching up and we are going to continue with our audio version of a recent podcast with Billy Carson. Stay tuned, everyone. We're going to get back to some continuity very shortly. But in the meantime, enjoy my talk with Billy Carson. Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Higher Journeys. And of course, if it's your first time here, I welcome you. The conversation that you are about to hear is one that could not be more appropriate for the times. And I feel like this is probably the third or fourth time (laughs) I've said this prior to a show because the the people that I'm finding that are coming on the show right now that I've had booked for perhaps months in advance seem to have the perfect thing to say at the perfect time. This uh, particular show is no exception. I'm talking about my frequent guest, I can now say Billy Carson. The discourse that we had, journeyers, was unlike uh, any uh, conversation I think Billy and I have had ever. Uh, I'm going to let him tell you the story, something that he, uh, I know, has not shared. Well, he did share initially uh, on Instagram his own personal story having to do with police brutality and violence and inequality, that which we are enmeshed in right now. This is a powerful discourse that Billy and I had based on what happened to him and his his upbringing. But what is most inspiring about what you're about to hear is how this gentleman, this young man, still young, literally alchemized tumult into triumph. That's what we're calling the show. How to alchemize tumult into triumph. How to take crisis and 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 challenge and turn it into gold, literally transmuting energies. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Here is my guest, Billy Carson. Well, Mr. Carson, it is always a, an extra special treat to have you on the show. I believe this is your, I've got to count one, two, three, maybe fourth appearance on Higher Journeys. And again, a pleasure. But I have to say now more than ever, your uh, appearance, gracing us with your presence is necessary, let's just say very necessary. So welcome, one, welcome back. <laughs> once again, Billy, thank you so much. Thanks. It's great to be back one more time. One let's more do it. time. And you know, the last time we spoke, I was trying to remember the actual date. I, I know that it was prior to our world turning upside down. And the timing was quite interesting, I think, because we had uh it seemed like we were touching on some issues that might have been tangentially related to what would invariably come, which I think is somewhat synchronistic. I've got to go back and dig back and find that. That too, not too long ago. It was some. I think it was early March. Yeah, it was early mistaken. March. Uh, got into it, and well, I mean, we kind of really forecast some of the things that are happening that did happen now <laughs> already. So it was a pretty interesting uh, talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back. Well, of course, I'll link it so folks can go back and and watch it, but. This too will uh, be no shortage of God knows what's to come. And, you know, as we speak, we're recording this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, June 9th. And at this moment, we are, well, not we, because we're not watching, the final memorial of uh, George Floyd is being broadcast across the networks. Mm-hmm. 
right now. Very yeah. interesting. Um, may everyone rest in peace, true peace. May everyone yeah. have some rest in peace. Um, I'm going to use that as a segue uh, for a couple of things. First off, I want to say at the top here, we're going to go into some some aspects, your thoughts on this whole menagerie, let's just say. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. do this uh, on, on uh, Patreon. And there's a reason for that. There's certain things that uh, I, I just uh, I'm not going to talk about in this particular venue. So we're going to reserve this for the Patreon after show. So folks, juniors, stay tuned. I hope you'll come on over to Patreon and uh, listen to what Billy has to say. Now, that being said, I'm setting this up. You had some very powerful words for your very large audience followers, not followers alike. And some you said, don't even bother after you hear what I got to say, right? I want, I know you put this on Instagram and I saw it pretty much in its entirety. It's powerful. I asked your permission and you, you kindly uh, uh, allowed me to uh, share this with the journey or so without further ado, I'm going to play this very short clip and on the back end, we'll have a little chat about it. And then we're going to move into some powerful uh, messages you have in this regard. So journeyers, We'll be right back on the back of this. Stay tuned. <laughs> if you don't have a parent that you witnessed getting beaten by cops like I did, if you don't have a parent that you witnessed die in an ICU at a hospital like I did with no brain activity, then you're not allowed to comment on my post. You're not even allowed to follow me. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have a parent, if you haven't witnessed a parent getting beaten by cops like I did, and if you haven't witnessed your parent get killed by cops like I did, then you're not allowed to follow me. If you got to make a comment that's not suitable to my taste, I will delete and ban you and block you. I don't need you. I don't need you to subscribe to any of my services. I don't need you to buy my books. I don't need you to do anything for me because people like you that would make those kind of derogatory comments instead of asking me, well, what do you mean? Well, what do you feel about? Why Why are you feeling like this? Or why do you think this is this? Or why are you saying that? Uh, if you can't uh, have a regular conversation and ask questions so I can give you some answers, and we can agree to disagree. But if you feel like you got to jump on my page that you followed me on, or, you know, and, and come over here and question what how I feel about what I'm talking about, what I've experienced in my life, and most of you just running around here with silver spoons. I grew up with zero. I came from underneath the gutter. I grew up with holes in my shoes, rips in my crotches in my pants, two pairs of pants, two shirts. You know, you're going door to door, selling my toys, borrowing neighbors' uh, um, lawnmowers and going door to door trying to, you know, cut law- yards for money, knocking down mangoes out of trees for hours so I could sell mangoes on the side of the road for money. You know? eating Cairo syrup and toast for food. The best times is when my, my grandmother came to visit because I knew we were going to have good good eating for a while. Or when I would go visit her in New York, and I knew I was guaranteed to get me some good food then. Other than that, it was a lot of slim pickings. Neighbors would buy us food. Neighbors would help us with things, you know. Um, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was literally, like I said, I came from underneath the gutter. Extremely, extremely poor. Extremely broke. Extreme. I, I know how to I, I know how to operate with negative zero. You know, it, it, you know, this would be my first Father's Day with no father, and there's nothing anybody can do to help me. There's nothing anybody can do to to to, 
to say to me that's going to make me feel any any better about it. Um, you know, no, nothing. I mean, zero. There's nothing anybody can say. You can give me your condolences and everything, and I, and I appreciate that, and I take that. What I'm saying is, the majority of the people that I see commenting on a lot of content and posts all over the internet about what's going on have never seen a family member get beat by cops and have never seen a family member get murdered by cops. Yet they can yet they have they have an opinion. <laughs> they have an opinion. But their dad and their mom are still alive, walking around. They can go visit them for holidays and they can go see their dad for Father's Day soon here. You know? They can go to see their dad. Powerful, visceral, gut-wrenching. Thank you, Billy. Give us your thoughts on the back end of this. You know, um, boy, it's really tough always to even talk about this. I, I really, I just had, you know, sometimes you just get fed up. You know, you just have enough. Um, there have even been a, a one particular account that I saw at least. I know two of them somebody told me, but there's one who took a picture of my deceased father and posted it on their social media account and started doing these weird numerical uh, Mason, uh, I forget what they call this number game, or just number stuff that they do. And, you know, and I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some real sick people out here in this conscious community, unfortunately. Um, you know, and uh, a lot of people have these comments and these opinions about what people should be doing in reference to this police brutality and what we shouldn't be doing and what we shouldn't be saying. And, and, you know, and how we shouldn't be responding or should be responding and what we should be doing. But again, these are people who never even had one family member pulled over by the cops and had anything go wrong. Uh, never seen anybody get witnessed, anybody get beat up or killed by cops in person and never themselves have been beat up, most likely, or brutalized by cops. Um, you know, and, I mean, and even without my father's incident, just on my personal incident, being pulled over on the side of the road on a busy highway in Miami on State Road 84, which is also called 441 in Miami, and uh, getting a shakedown out there and having a cop make me pull my pants down right there on the side of the road to look under my scrotum to see if I was hiding drugs. You know, uh, <laughs> you, until you go through this kind of stuff in real life, you, you know, um, you, your opinion is just your own perception, but you're not really living it like somebody else lived it. Like I lived this, I watched this stuff happen. I experienced this in my own heart, in my own life. So when, you know, a, a situation like this uh, happens, what we're talking about, what we're going to talk about in the after show, it really, is, it becomes gut-wrenching because all those old emotions and all those old feelings come back. You know, all the remembrances of my father and the situation and how he ended up uh, becoming deceased and the whole process, it just like it's a, it refreshes it again. And of course. This is, you know, so that's what we got to talk about in the after show. But it's um, I wish I really had to just make a statement and let people know, like, you know, I love you guys. But at the same time, you know, and it's a small percentage of people I understand that have these alternative agendas or these, these trolls that come on to accounts to agitate. Um but, you know, again, I still just even outside of Instagram, I just see even outside of just in grocery stores and restaurants now that I've been going to. And I hear people talking with the most craziest assumptions about what people should and shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. But yet still, these people most likely 99.9 percent have never experienced it. So they don't even know what it feels like. And then if, you know, 
a lot of us have experienced it and also have witnessed it with other people or other friends of other family members have had it. So we have a track record of dealing with this over time, whereas a lot of people just don't have a track record of dealing with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just bizarre. Um, but I, it was just gut wrenching, you know, and, and again, when Father's Day ads started popping up online, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and I just it really hit me. I was like, oh, wow. Like this Father's Day is going to be here. and I have no father, you know, and uh, for so many years, I would always, you know, go in uh, for Father's Day to to see my father, and we would watch uh, some NBA finals together, playoffs. Because you always, they always time it. No matter what happens, there's always a Father's Day and an NBA game. They never, somehow, they always make it happen. <laughs> but you know, now the NBA is off, and my Father's Day is off. It's just it's isn't that hurt. something? Isn't it ironic that those two things in your world are yeah. both gone? Gone, Billy. Yeah. Um. I want to take this in a direction you and I, when we talked offline, I, you said something that made me know instantly what this conversation right here, right now, not the after show, it's going to be a little bit of a different dimension, but what this conversation is about, uh, you've gone through unimaginable challenges and you have alchemized them. You mm. have literally found the magic within the madness of journeyers. Now I say that all the time and it's not just hyperbole. This is real. You are walking proof of that. I could I could cry right now, tears of joy. You know I love you. I, I'm going to say it on the record. I love you dearly. I am proud of you. Doesn't mean yeah. Billy's perfect. No one's perfect. It's not even about perfection. It's about alchemizing. Right. How'd you do it? I want the journeyers uh, to know you can too. Billy did it. How'd you do it? Yeah. I was fortunate that at an early age, I realized that I can make a change in my own life and I can come and I can save myself. When I was just a kid and I didn't have the money for the ice cream truck, that triggered something. I was like, how can these kids go to an ice cream truck? We're in the ghetto together. We don't have any money for not even one bazooka gum, but they can go to the ice cream truck every single day. And I said to myself, you know, I'm just going to sell my toys. I don't need toys. So I took all the toys and I went door to door selling my toys, 10 cents, 15 cents, a dollar, whatever, 50 cents, whatever I can get. There's a famous picture that I still have of me holding like the money in my hand, you know? And I bought myself the bazooka. I just wanted to get some bazooka gum so I can read the comic strip, strip inside of the, you know, the little package, chew on some gum and feel like a normal kid, you know? And when I did that and I created that reality, then I realized, whoa, anything that I want to have changed, I have to change it. I'm not gonna sit around and wait and wait and wait and wait for my grandmother to get here so I can get a couple pennies from her so I can, no, I'm going to make it happen for myself. And at that moment, after that happened, I said to myself, literally, as a little kid, I said, from this point forward, anything that I need and want, I'm going to go get it for myself. I'm going to find a way. And that's literally what I started doing. And I started reading magazines, self-help magazines, uh, book, uh, books about self-help and, and recognizing the true inner self. And those books started really awakening me to understand broader uh, perspectives and I started reading a lot of entrepreneur magazines back then and business magazines. And I realized that the best way to make money, which is what I needed to get out of this situation, was to find a need and fill it. Mm -hmm. And if I can consistently find a need and fill it, I would be able to achieve my goals. I'd be able to manifest my own reality, my fi own financial reality, and I can rescue myself from this situation. So that's what I began to focus on and work on. I started realizing very early on 
that money wasn't the key to success. Money is a byproduct. Money is what happens. Money is just a frequency. And that frequency allows you to quantum entangle with the thing that you need to draw into, draw into your life, whatever that is. So instead of chasing money, I started chasing how can I find people's needs and then fulfill those needs. And in the side effect would be a frequency of money that I can then exchange for energy and I can get the things that I want to bring into my life. And so I started that process early on. And um, by the time I was 12, I was running my own electronics company. By the time I was 13, I was making more money than my parents. I moved out when I was 16 with two cars, an apartment, two companies, and still graduated from high school. And I did things like I didn't go to grad night. I didn't go to my own graduation. I didn't go to uh, the prom. I took that money that I would have had to spend on that and invested it back into my businesses. You know, so I was making sacrifices early on. And so to get where I'm at now required a lot of sacrifice. And a lot of people don't want to go through those sacrifices. They'd rather, sus you know, suspend sacrifice. Right. I was two questions. How old were you when you had this epiphany? I mean, if you were going to the ice cream truck, I would imagine you were a, a child. How, how, how old were you, Billy, that you can recall when you had this epiphany? If yeah, this seven. is the case, seven? Yeah, seven years old. Yeah. Okay, folks. <laughs> Obviously, this is an atypical situation, but there's a lesson to be learned here. The only reason why we're having this conversation is not just for you to tell your story, but to see how others can latch on to your formula. Here's mm -hmm. my other question. It seems that it takes complete tumult for people to change their ways, complete dire circumstances. Some people will continue to swim in those dire circumstances and nothing will change. Other people like yourself will use that as the, the impetus. Yeah. How can people that may not be going through something as, as visceral and dramatic as you went through mm -hmm. uh, still adopt that mindset with that kind of passion? I, I don't know if that's a question you can answer, but let's give it a shot. Yeah. Sometimes, because I've mentored a few people now, quite a few people, and some people I notice, regardless of how how we perceive somebody else's difficulty is irrelevant because in their mind, it can be just as tumultuous as something that I went through. And But from my perspective, it could be like, oh, that's a piece of cake situation. It's not mm. even a big deal because everybody has their own reality. Um, but I noticed that for some reason, at least two-thirds of the people, no matter how much I mentored them, they just couldn't muster up enough energy, uh, enough uh, conviction mm. to follow through consistently with the techniques that I was teaching them. But one third were so driven, it was either, it was either the, you know, none or all. Um, I didn't really see anything in the middle, but one third of them were really very, very aggressive at achieving their goals and, and fulfilling the mission, learning how to alchemically transmutate a negative situation and convert it into positive situations. Uh, using, you know, utilizing consciousness and logic backed by intention and everything, all the things that I taught them and really aggressively working on creating their own reality tunnel and following every single step that I showed them. Uh, and for some reason, the other two thirds of the people, they just kind of fell to the wayside and they'll still contact me from time to time. But when I ask them specific questions and things that I know, I remember told them that just as a checklist to go by, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do that yet? And a lot of those things are still unchecked boxes. Um, and so it really is hard for someone, especially when they get older, to change their ways. Mm -hmm. Because just like when a tree is a young sapling, the limbs are very flexible and bendable. But once that tree gets rooted and grows, you try to bend those limbs, they can snap. They break. That's, right. That's a beautiful analogy. You're talking about two-thirds, the majority of the people in your pool that you had mentored. Not yeah. surprising. Um, mm -hmm. 
not everyone has the DNA to be successful. Maybe that's the case. Could that be? Could it be that success is wired in someone's DNA? It's very possible. Um, See, the DNA is 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 a medium for storing information. And so you have storage information on your DNA, and you also have epigenetic memories, which are stored from up to 14 out of 20 generations prior. So in my past, I might be fortunate that there could have been somebody with an entrepreneurial mind spirit, a very innovative mind spirit that they lived out through their lives and passed it epigenetically into my DNA, giving me a certain amount of programming code that I was already enabled with to be able to overcome a lot of situations and think the way that I think. Whereas some people might have uh, had people in their in their uh, prior history that in their bloodline that didn't have that. And so now it's up to them to focus on doing the positive affirmations, thinking positive, learning how to convert negative into positive, how to exchange their energies properly and all these other things that they would need to do to really work on reprogramming themselves, uh, which takes a lot of effort. Sure. So whereas some, some people are already hard coded into the matrix and some people like myself are like matrix busters, systems busters. We are not, you know, we're not for, I'm not formatted for this system. I'm not, there's no way, shape or form that this system is set up that's going to con- convert me into indoctrinating me into it. I'm, I'm a separate entity from it, even though I have to operate inside of it. And because of that, it's a blessing. But at the same time, some people look and man, this guy's doing it so easy and it gets, it becomes frustrating for them. So they, mm-hmm. they give up. But everybody can do it. It just takes effort. Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the history of this planet, in my opinion. And there's people that went to school. 500,000 kids went to high school basketball. 18,000 ended up going to college to play basketball. That's a big drop. And then only 30 get to the NBA. That's a big bottleneck. Out of those 30, some ended up on the same team with Michael Jordan. And they worked their butt off 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get there. They went through that small bottleneck just like he did. But guess what? They weren't even good enough to get in a game. They had to sit on the bench in a suit, undressed, while he played every single minute. So there's levels to different people's abilities. And, uh, you know, but, you know, you have to go through the process to see how much of it can you obtain? How how much of an ascendant master can you become? How much of an adept can you become? And it takes work and it takes uh, sacrifice. There's no way you can avoid that. But is there something else? I mean, you know... Again, it's so difficult, Billy, to know how the process by which other people think, how other people think. Everyone has a different process and and are fighting a bunch of demons that might be preventing uh, them getting to even knowing what their passion is. Mm -hmm. Are there when we think about this metaphysically, hard work has got to exist in any case. But from a metaphysical perspective, even what, what occurred to me is a regression, a past life regression as a form of understanding what we're wired to or what we've been wired to over lifetimes. Could something like that, in your opinion, be helpful to some people in understanding how to get to that place better? Yeah. Past life regressions, hypnosis, all those things are really, really good things to to do because it's going to give you the ability to tap into um I call it going through the multidimensional you know, realm and finding out what happened, maybe even in an alternate universe, because things, you know, we are literally and we are literally infinite and we're on infinite planets of Earth's that are all infinitely doing something simultaneously at the same time on another planet right now, which looks like an Earth in another dimension, another or another multiverse. I'm I might not be talking to you. I may be out driving a car. Mm-hmm. 
every every possibility exists in superposition of itself. So we can tap into those because it's nothing but frequencies. Everything is just tuning into different frequencies. And maybe we can tap into another energetic self and gain some wisdom and knowledge from that. Like literally download it into our bodies here, our avatar bodies here, and begin to learn and discern better and utilize some of that. But past life regressions, hypnosis, I think are two good, great things for people to utilize as tools to try to help them find their true passions and um, and find what they really do truly love and then learn how to monetize it by providing it as a service that then they won't feel like they're working. Because once you find your passion and you find a need for that passion and fill it, your job, it doesn't even feel like a job anymore. I can speak to that. Mm -hmm. Journeyers, Billy and I can speak to that. Amen to that. I say thank you every single solitary day for what mm -hmm. I get to do. And won't even go through all the dips and curves of what brought me here. And even in some cases, hadn't planned it. Mm. It just, I always say, don't do what you know. Don't just do what you know. Do what you love and the know-how will come. Yes. I've said that for many years. Anyway, thank you for that. I'm watching the time. This is going to be a, a, a shorter segment. We are going to go over to Patreon. I'm reserving this discussion that we're going to get raw and real on Patreon right afterward. Uh, so I hope you'll join us there. But in the interim, I wanted... Uh, this is kind of a fun thing that I've been doing for the last couple of guests that have books out. And I want to take this opportunity to show you Billy's amazing book, still on the bestseller list. I know it has been for a while. Compendium yes. of the Emerald Tablets, a beginner's guide. We'll also put an image up on the screen. But guys, I've been doing something called stichomancy, a word that I did not know until just recently, uh, also known as book dowsing, Billy. And mm -hmm. uh, so I said, wouldn't it be fun if I uh, took out Billy's book? I've had this for a while. What you do is you run your thumb back and forth. You can, there are a few ways of doing it, but what I do is I run my thumb back and forth and I ask universe, give me a, 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 a guide here or something within the text that will be uh, relevant to our discussion today. And that's exactly what I did. And this is what I came up with in Billy's book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. And I'm going to read this little short passage to you and have us talk about it for a little bit. This really worked, guys. I'm not surprised mm -hmm. at all. This is actually from Thos. It's, I always, is it Thoth or Thoth? Thoth. I, I, you can I say, say Okay. Yeah. Thoth and Civilizations. This is one of his poems. And Thoth said, but I went right to this page and I perused the entire page. And this is the, the caption that I picked out. I'm going to read it to you right now. So indulge me, journeyers. It basically says, or he says, flashed forth my soul through infinity's beauty, far through space. I flew with my thoughts. Rested I there on a planet of beauty, Strains of harmony lifted all the air. Shapes were there, moving in order, great and majestic as stars in the night. Mounting in harmony, ordered equilibrium, symbols of the cosmic, like unto law. Many the stars I passed in my journey, many the races of men. I'm going to read this again. Many the races of men on their worlds, some reaching high as stars of the morning, some falling low in the blackness of night each and all of them struggling upward, gaining the heights and plumbing the depths, moving at times in realms of brightness, living through darkness, gaining the light. Know, O oh man, that light is thine heritage. Know that darkness is only a veil. Sealed in thine heart is brightness eternal, waiting the moment of freedom to conquer, waiting to rend the veil of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tell us, how, tell us how that relates to what we're talking about today. 
you know, that's really powerful. Thoth there, he's talking about literally leaving the earth realm, which is where he was at the time that he started that journey. Uh, and he left and literally began traveling throughout the galaxy, throughout the universe. Um, and then what's amazing is when I got back from Australia, when I went to Australia, there was a gigantic etching of Thoth into rock out there in the middle of the outback on a spaceship flying through the galaxy. Really? It's, yeah, we documented this for the documentary we're working on. Amazing stuff. Every, everywhere I've been, he's on every continent. Um, but um, he literally went to other planets, and he would watch different races of men. So what does this mean? It means, first of all, that Homo sapiens sapiens isn't the end-all, be-all. <laughs> we're, not, we're not the only race of beings that exist in the entire universe. Not even close. Matter of fact, we're the new kids on the block. We just arrived here. <laughs> and on geological timescales, 200,000 years is not even a blink of an eye. The eye hadn't even blinked yet. The, you know, it, the, the eye is not even a halfway down the, the covering over the eyeball. That's how short we've been here. Uh, but he, this being, has traveled to other planets. Not only did he witness other races of men, but he watched the, the evil and the good. And he watched how men would seek the light and rise to high levels. And then civilizations would rise, and then at some point, uh, darkness would seep in and civilizations would fall. So he watched the rise and fall of civilizations occur on other planets. This is amazing content. I mean, this is 36,000-year-old text. And for somebody to even write that requires a certain amount of depth and understanding of just universal law. Absolutely. but it's powerful stuff because it lets us know that there are multiple races of people that exist throughout the entire universe. Uh, so it's not just on Earth that there's races of people, but there's races, different races everywhere throughout the entire universe. Um, and the main goal and the main key behind the poem is that there is a veil over our eyes, that there is an illusion that is so grand that it can escape our perception. Uh, and you know, he was waiting on the moment for them to recognize that their freedom was near and the freedom is being able to pierce through that veil and see true reality and find out who they truly were and what they truly were all about. And only through that method can they really enjoy and seek the light, which ends up being really uh, translating to unconditional love for one another uh, and, and realizing that they're all the same being, that they're just different aspects of the same being. Only There's only one true consciousness. You know, so it's just powerful stuff. And um, that, that poem made it into an actual song that we did called The Emerald Tablets, uh, which was uh, with Donnie Arcade, Lazy Bone, Angelique, and myself. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I want everyone to know, again, if you didn't hear me before, I asked for a message to come out that would be relevant and powerful for this discourse that I knew we were going to have. I did not search for this. I allowed my intuition to open the book where it needed to be open. And this is where my finger landed. Know that. And to me, here's what it says quite simply. Universe is trying to send us a message. I got myself out of the way and I said, bring me something. I always say, Billy, before I go on air, please let this message, whatever the conversation is, Mm -hmm. be for the highest good of all involved, period. This is Mm -hmm. what happened. So enough said. 
Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, if you'll allow me, well, first of all, I want everyone to go get the book if you don't have it, but if you'll allow me, I would love to write that passage uh, maybe oh. in the description, just Please. that section, so people yeah. can meditate on that. I want you all to, to think clearly. Oh, be- every show we do, I know what y'all are thinking, but every time Billy and I get together, the, the next one is better than the last. This has been beautiful. This yeah. has been beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, we're going to wind down. I'm trying to think if there are any, before I, I make some closing remarks, is there anything else before we go on over to Patreon you would like to leave with our audience? I just want people to know and understand that if you see somebody suffering from the situations that are going on right now in the world, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's, uh, uh, what do you can that. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whether the it's CB. Or, um, uh, yeah, whether it's the pandemic or the plandemic, whatever you want to call it, uh, or anything even in your personal life or what you see going on with police brutality and things like that. If you see people suffering from those particular things, you have to realize they're probably suffering from them or reacting to those things in a certain way based off of their experiences in their life. And you being on the outside of them looking at them from your perspective, you'll never truly fully understand exactly what they're going through. So you have to have empathy for those people. You have to have empathy. You have to be willing to take a step back and say, I don't really truly fully understand why this is the response or the reaction that this person or this group of people is using, but I'm not them. And because I'm not them, I have to step back. Maybe if I have the capability or have access, I can ask questions with respect and dignity but I can't be so quick to go and just judge because I don't truly know. I don't really truly understand. And I can't even feel what that person or that group of people is feeling. Compassion and empathy are definitely, I call it a commodity these days. We've got to get back to it. We must right now. Universe is beckoning for us to get back to us. Billy beautifully said, thank you. Thank you as always for being Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Okay. Before I get all teary eyed, it's just, it's been powerfully, it's been powerful for so many people. I'm sure there are a lot of people that have been on the verge of tears for months now between the crisis that began in March and then this other layer. And God only knows, God, please be with us, whatever layers are to come. So forgive me for being a little bit emotional. All right. On an up note, this has all been up, by the way. This is good stuff, and I hope you all are enjoying it. I want to give some shout-outs. Speaking of Patreon, so grateful. This is, has been bringing me really close to tears. I cannot believe, and, and I'm so grateful for the support so many of you have shown on Patreon. So I'm going to continue with my shout-outs today. I'm, I'm to the Jays, I believe. So hang on, guys. Let me give, give a few shout-outs and thanks to uh, our patrons. Jacques. I hope I'm saying that right. Jacques. Not Jack. Jacques. Janet. Jessica, Yosef, peace. I love Yosef. Kai, Karen, Kate, KT with an I, KT with an IE, <laughs> and Laura. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of the journey on Patreon. Now, one more thing, and then we're going to be out and we're heading over to that place called Patreon. I am so delighted. Billy, guess what I'm going to be doing for the first time ever on this YouTube channel? Can you guess? Um, I told you beforehand the first going live. Say it again. Going live. Yes. 
<laughs> I'm finally going live. I have some some folks that I'm working with that have been twisting my arm ever so slightly for about a year now, maybe a little more. Alexis, you mm-hmm. got to try the live thing. Well, you know, I just kicked in conscious commentary in the garden. I'm so yeah. happy about that. The debut was last week. And so what we've decided to do is every other week, we are going to do a short live segment so I can talk to the journeyers directly. And we'll see nice. how it goes. So that will debut uh, next, uh, not next Friday, this Friday, three days mm-hmm. from now, June 12th at 3 p.m. Eastern. So I hope you will join me there. And it will be an Ask Me Anything, Ask Alexis Anything. We're going to chat, going to hang out, and it'll be fun. So hope to see you there. All right, Billy, I know you got appointments to go to. So we're going to okay. close this down. I'm going to say thank you and ta-ta to the journeyers. We will talk to you real soon. Billy, thank you as always. And stay tuned. Don't hang up. And we'll go on over to Patreon. All right. Love you, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.